0: You are now recording. Yo, what's good, everybody? Um, this is Marcus on Let's Talk Live edition. I would say Facebook, but <laughs> we are not on Facebook. Um, we are using Zoom. So whatever edition it is, it's going to be the Zoom edition. Um, um, it's been a minute since I've done a um, a live podcast interview uh, you know, it took some time just to get self-adjusted, but uh, I got a special guest on here. Um, it's my boy. Uh, he and I we actually went to school together, um, and he's actually doing some big things in the community. Um, and most importantly, he's doing incredible things for the kingdom, which we will which we will talk about uh, soon. Um, this is my fellow brother. Um, ministry in Arms and Kent State Golden Flash alone. Yeah, man. So, uh, everybody, welcome, um, Dialing Sellers. I feel like we need a. Uh, Was what, that a clap machine? Yeah, yeah, that's why I did like this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, you, you can add it in later. You good? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so, uh, what's good with you, man? What what's been up since um? I would say since I saw you last night, but just tell me, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if y'all don't know, we we, we went to uh, he hosts a Bible study that yeah. I went to last night, so we just saw each other, but um, for purposes, what's been up? Yeah, well, I mean, the Bible study, of course, but like since I saw you last, I, I I'm in Atlanta now, so like right. and, uh, I took a flight to come see some family, and mm. um, man, it is so hot down there. Told you earlier, bro. Like, I got off the plane and it was 80 degrees before eight o'clock. Nah, nah, bro. Like, my grandfather said, stay hydrated. So, yeah, drinking water all day. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure as soon as you got off the plane, like, you got that nice little shaved bald head right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that sun was like, ooh, I see a target. (laughs) Bang. And then, (laughs) you know what? I ain't gonna lie. That felt nice, right? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that was that was nice. I uh I had a hat on when I got off the plane. Uh but when I got outside, I took the hat off. It it felt nice. That 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 warm oh. sun on the top of my head felt pretty nice. Bow. Yeah. <laughs> As you can see right now, I got a little bit of hair, but I'm about to go get it cut off tomorrow. Yeah. It felt good though, like I had a bald head and then like mm-hmm. you know the beard. But yeah, man. Nonetheless. Less less, yes, less maintenance, man. That's why I do it. It's less maintenance. I, I know some people thought like I, I did it by because I was forced. No, but I did it by choice. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I mean, think I still have a full head of hair, but I don't. Yeah. I don't like keeping up with it. Yeah, and I think people who actually, um, that was forced to do it, they're mad at us because <laughs> <laughs> the option of the hair still curls back. That's a fact. That's a fact. My yeah. uh, my barber said the same thing. <laughs> he was yeah. like, I mean, people would kill for you to be able to have a, a full head of hair. You just want to go ahead and cut it off, like, yeah, dude. Like, I'm not trying to come see you every week. It's not yeah. cost effective. <laughs> I know, spending like 20, 25 hours. Yeah, man. Like, I'm cool. I'm cool. But, um, so let, let's kind of let's give the people a little bit of background. So, you and I, we were at um, Kent um the latter part of over like mid 2000s yeah i got there um 2006. okay um, i left camp around 2011 2012 i didn't actually graduate um huh. yeah so i'm like literally five credit hours away from graduating uh, uh, to go back financial go back. issues i wasn't a great uh, student you know what I'm saying, like, it's, it's things, things happening. Yeah. So I took a different path to where I'm at now. Okay. All right. So, um, let's talk about like, when you were at Kent, um, you, from my perspective, you were kind of heavy in, you know, advocacy and activism. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I believe, was it a bus black United students? Yeah. Um, and then also within Pan African Studies, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. All right, so let, let's talk about like what um, what actually drew you to go, you know, in the advocacy route. Um, I I was I was always interested in politics, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, uh, the I think the draw was like when I got there, we had this uh this program called Capita. I know you remember Capita, right? Mm-hmm. And so, like we're sitting there, and this is in the old Richie. Right, like we got there, we got there right before they remodeled it, right. Mm-hmm. And so, like we sitting in the old Ritchie, I'm in the basement, um, and Dr. Dorsey gets up and he recites the nature of definition to me, um, well, to to all of us, and it blew my mind. I was like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> what What is this you speak? Um, and from there, I was hooked, and I like you know I met some of the uh, the people in Black United Students, um, and they showed me a they showed me activism. I understood politics. They showed yeah. me activism, um, yeah. and you know like family and stuff. Like I, I always knew I was black, right? Like that was never. A, but like activism wasn't the thing. I I, I wanted to be president, right? Like, um, and so. I, once I got hooked into Black United students, like, I never looked back. Um, I majored in Pan-African Studies for a while. Uh, I came to Kent as a Poli-Sci major um, and ended up uh, a Pan-African Studies major. Um, And, yeah, man, like, the rest is history. I spent all of my time with BUS, probably more time than I should have. (laughs) <laughs> hence the, fir- the 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 first part of this conversation um but it uh it taught me it taught me a lot um and then uh in 2009 um i got the opportunity to be a part of the children's defense fund uh, freedom schools program uh six week reading enrichment and mentoring program uh that is run by Marion uh Marian Wright Edelman who was the Dr. King's lawyer during the Poor People's Campaign, we can go to a into a bunch of history with that, but like that shifted my perspective to the, not just about black people as a whole, but um, looking at it from um, a policy standpoint and how these things affect our children right, right. Um, and so you know you grow, you grow um, and that's that's really how it happened. It didn't really connect to my faith until I read the book. Um, Jesus and Disinherited by Howard Thurman. Um, Once I read that book, it all clicked, right? Like it all came together, the politics, the advocacy, children, my faith, like being able to see Jesus as uh, um, a radical force for system change and for good was a, was an amazing thing. And not just as like my savior from this, this hell that I'm, might end up going to if I don't believe in him. Uh, right. it, it became very real to me after that. So when um, when we were both in um, in Kent, to me, I I always thought as a student that um, Pan-African Studies was just like always um, black choice, you know, black power to the people, mm-hmm. which they still are, which is nothing wrong with that but whenever someone did try to talk about jesus it just seemed like oh you know that's you know that's the white man slave jesus and all that other stuff yeah and uh, and i'll say it kind of rubbed certain people the wrong way and when yeah. we were just like and i'm just like wow and and when <laughs> and then when i found out i'm like he's like yeah bro i started the church <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, it was wild, bro. It was wild. Um, yeah. So during that time, uh, I could best describe that time as a, uh, for me spiritually being agnostic almost, right? Mm. Um, because I was learning a lot that like I had to reconcile, right? Because you're not, in church, you're not taught the full gospel, right? Right. Um, because in a lot of ways, like they're not well learned in it. You know what I mean? Like they don't they don't know, and so they can't teach you what they don't know, right? Um, and so I'm going to to Kent in the Penn African Studies department, and they're teaching me about my ancestors, and who they worshiped, and how they worshiped, and um, how these stories lined up and. You know, conspiracy theories abound, you know what I mean? Um, all of that. But see, the thing is, like, all of that is real, right? Um, and there's not, no slight from it, uh, but understanding that, like, my God is bigger than all of that. Um, yeah. It took some, like, life experiences to bring me back to the faith, and it had to be about um, the liberation of my people, right? Like, mm-hmm. if Jesus wasn't doing anything for the oppressed, Then I would have never come back to the faith. Right? Um, If I couldn't tie um, his sacrifice on the cross with my experience being black in America, then like there was no place for the faith. Right? Um, And it took some time. Like I know, like, uh, you know, I ain't really messed with VOT. You know what I'm saying? Like I wasn't voices of testimony. Y'all was like too high in the sky for me. You know what I'm saying? Like, Y'all were people, they falling out, they got these real Bible studies, no nobody leaves. Them. like you know, like y'all float over miles or something, it just wasn't my thing at the time. Like, yeah, yeah. That, that that was us. <laughs> that was us. And, and, and I'll say just like you, um, you know how our, our paths in camp, they cross? even though we were with different organizations. Mm-hmm. like That's where I kind of grew and knowing like my faith and my gifts and like building that community with people. Um, cause at first when I was at Kent, I'm just like, I'm just by myself mm-hmm. and freedom, um, yep. Yep. clubs, girls, sex, most sex and most sex. Right, right, you brand. know, you know, and that, that, that was all of it. And yeah, for me, when I got, um, when I had my second go around back at Kent, when I got kicked out, I came back. I'm like, you know what? Let me let me get let me get focused. And so when I got focused, that's where I was with like BLT and then like start hearing God like more clearly. And then like I died to self. Mm. And it was just like, yeah, everything that was going on, like I hear God clearly. And even though I was being hit with so much temptation and so much um life issues and struggles day-to-day stuff. Uh-huh. Like I knew I was still gonna overcome because of my faith. And so you know like different entities, you know, like and for you, Pan African Studies, that was it for you. You had Bus like, yo, this is what oh my brother hurting. All right, what we about to do? We about to march. Let's go. Like what yeah. what's the rules? What's the policy? Let's get together. Let's march but not just march but like let's come together. And like cause some change, yeah, that may ruffle some feathers, but yet again, both separate entities kind of had like that core community intact. And now that that's funny, like your church. It's purpose. Yo, that sounds, that sounds so weird, dude. <laughs> like, it sounds so weird. Your church, like, yeah, I, I guess I got one of those. That's Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's, it, it's, it's, it, it is, it is. It is. <laughs> but but nonetheless, I'm just like, because you never know how our paths along the years are going to take us. Um, You never know, like, how our faith is going to be developed or or hit because we step out and be like, yo, I'm really about to live life with Jesus and understand like his truths, his teaching. Um, and it's not just for me, but it's about like, for you, It's like, how can I serve the ingest? You know what I'm saying? And that still overlaps with your advocacy work, with what you're doing and your roots, you know, from Kent. Um, so we're gonna put a pin in your the purpose community but now let's talk about how you're still doing advocacy work and, um with the NAACP for the Cleveland yeah. chapter correct yeah all right so like how did you kind of get involved into that aspect um so more of uh the Children's Defense Fund so Children's Defense Fund uh started uh and um uh, community organizing arm, uh, called the New Abolitionists Association. I'm one of the founding members of that. Um, and so, you know, we, we built these communities, we helped uh, negotiate um, some police policies and things like that. And how I ended up getting involved with the NAACP is because we did a march um, with uh, around the Tamir Rice um, decision uh, the injustice that happened uh, in, in our city where the 12-year-old boy lost his life in less than two seconds when a police officer pulled up um, and thought that he was a threat and he had a toy, right? Um, a police officer who, who should have never been hired on the force, who had been fired from another force. Um, we can get into the details of that, but I, I want to make sure that it's always in the context of like, uh, no, this boy was murdered, right? Um, and so I hooked up with the... Uh, the Children's Fund and the Duvalisness Association, and we did this march to this um, silent protest. It was a, a funeral procession to, um, at the time, uh, Prosecutor McGinty's house, uh, and we felt like he he felt safe in his neighborhood, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like everyone should feel safe in their neighborhood, uh, but this boy was not safe in his neighborhood, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so we left a left a casket in its driveway. Um and so we hooked up with the NAACP that way. Um one of the the person who was the chair at the time she was the chair of the uh political action committee, um uh, we started to get close close, Miss Angela Wilson, um, dynamo in Cleveland, uh around policy and uh numbers, voter voter advocacy, um just like you know how uh, sometimes you have those old heads in Cleveland or in any city um, who's just been doing justice work for a long time. She's one of those people, um, and she became one of my mentors, and so that's how I ended up involved uh, in the NAACP, and now I'm the co-chair for that political action committee uh, serving with her, uh, which is is phenomenal. It's a phenomenal honor to, to be sitting with her, um, figuring this stuff out, because Cleveland's a... Cleveland's a, Cleveland's a place. Cleveland's a place. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's, <laughs> Cleveland's uh, a place. I come and visit every time and time and again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I come and visit, I come and visit Cleveland every once and, once <laughs> now. Like, i moved. But yeah. But nonetheless, um, like, what, what projects do y'all got coming up from um, that? that yeah. So we just um, did a, went through a leadership change, um, The president we have now, Danielle Sidnor, is a dynamo. Um, I like the word dynamo. I don't know if you know that. Uh, She's she's really, really dope. Um, And so in that leadership change, there's a lot of things that are coming down the pipe, a lot of... um, uh, opportunities for young people to be more involved in the NAACP which is something that we all hope. Um, Danielle is not much older than I am uh, which is a big deal when it comes to the NAACP. She's the first woman that we've had in a very long time. Um, half of the executive board uh, is around our age so it's a, it's a really really like good time to be energized to be doing some act, act, um, act, activist work in the city with the NAACP. So right now we're gearing up for 2020 like everybody else um, because 2020 is gonna be a bit of a nightmare um, in any city that you live in, but especially in Cleveland and Ohio uh, because we have the presidential elections coming up, but we also have the census coming up, um, which is vitally important for federal resources that come in uh, and who, how we get allocated those funds for, for, uh, schools for higher ed, for um, uh, substance abuse programs—you name it—that money is divvied up based on your uh, your census numbers, and you also—they also decide how many representatives you have to have to the House of Representatives. So we're doing that. Uh, some of the other work is working with uh, colleges um, across the state to make sure that they're they're civically engaged. They're um, Voting patterns are better Uh, in Franklin County. uh, They're not doing too good. There's lots of provisional ballots. Like if you live in Franklin County, um, you're more likely to to cast a provisional ballot than really than you are to uh, cast uh, an actual ballot if you're in the age range of like 18 to 35. So it's a it's a really it's a really big deal. Um, And so we're working on those things. Lots of Lots of irons in the fire around voting primarily right now. Um, and Danielle is working on uh and has been working on a lot of the the economic development of Cleveland uh, and it's you know what she does during her day job and also what she does for the NAACP, making making sure that we have access to, to capital um and being able to live out our God given purpose, you know, what I mean that kind of thing. Um, and then be able to like feed our families while doing so. Indeed, indeed, like y'all, I I think I seen your your new officers. Not all of them, but the ones that I know. Um, you, um, Kayla. Yep. Yeah. Um, Kayla's a you know, rock star, you know? dog. Like Bruh. that's a B.L.T. alum, right? Like that's. Oh yeah, yeah, rock, yeah. You're yeah, rock BLT, star. Ju- B.L.T. Justice, and uh, and she just passed the bar, so mm-hmm. she got. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she's licensed to practice, all of that. And and she will cut you with the tongue and the sword at the same time. <laughs> girl, the girl her Bible. You hear me? I know. She, she reads her Bible. Bible. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, I want to make sure I pronounce her name right. Louise Purnell? Yeah, Louise Purnell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So all, all of it, and like I said. Uh, accounting consulting company in Cleveland, which uh, yeah. is making a lot of noise in Cleveland. Yeah. So like I've I've seen you know the bits and pieces you know even though I may not be fully you know involved like I've seen the people and the pieces you know what I'm saying. I mean, come on back. There's there's plenty of work. You know what I'm I saying. Know. Come on, come on back to the city. We'll put yeah. you together. Yeah. You know if if we if you and I are going to be together then I think that will be something that we. It's gonna happen. <laughs> yo, that was the Vegas. Like, <laughs> uh, you know, if this happens, then yeah, maybe no, that no. can happen. <laughs> <laughs> you be like, yo, what's good? You know, when people see this video, they're gonna be like, what you talking about? Throwing up that. No, I don't believe in sauce. <laughs> but, but nonetheless, though, nah, I, uh, I respect the work y'all, y'all do. And it's a work that everybody has to do. And I Mm -hmm. think for some, it just might be like the education part about it. Mm -hmm. Like, Oh, what is it they do? Like, I want to go ahead and do it, but sometimes I may not know how to actually get involved. Yeah. You you know, but, and I mean, to be fair, the NAACP hasn't always been, uh, the most welcoming of places. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and so we're trying to change that. Um, I believe that we are changing that. What I tell people, um, when they ask, what is the NAACP doing? I flip the question. I just ask, okay, so what do you want us to do, right? So come help us do that. Um, because like, there's lots of work to be done. Um, and if you have a passion for something, you can do it in the NAACP. And we will help you with the name, with the with the, the resources, the the, um, the structure um, that you need to, to, to execute what it is that god is telling you to do right um from everything to start from starting a business to starting the church right and everything in between like if uh if you're with the NAACP, we make sure you have what you need okay see that's a good segue into the next question that i'm about to ask you <laughs> fair enough fair enough we coming let's come on community <laughs> uh, <laughs> So you said whatever your passion is, the NAACP will help you um, Mm -hmm. with starting your own business, starting your own church. So I'm pretty sure like when you were at least like 18, 15, 20, you'd be like, yo, when I get older, I'm going to go ahead and start my own church. Nah. Exactly. Nah. (laughs) Exactly. so (laughs) yeah yeah that's almost that's that's super laughable that's super laughable so let's 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 dive into that what what was it like some people have like that aha moment or that made you like listen i need you to go ahead and do this i need you to start a church i need you to go ahead and name this like What steps, what was that process like for you? Or like what shifted? I know you said you mentioned the book. It was gradual. Um, Mm -hmm. It was super, super gradual, right? Um, And so like, I didn't come to the the realization that we were starting a church until maybe a year or so ago, year and a half maybe. Um, Mm -hmm. But it had been coming for a long time. Right. Um, long time coming. And so, uh, where do I start? Um, I think the best place to start is like coming back to the faith. Right. Mm. Um, and coming back to the faith full tilt has a lot to do with my wife, uh, Charmaine Freeman seller. She's super dope. That's my girl. No, uh, don't have no problems bragging on my lady. Um, <laughs> so she, um, she had standards. Right. Um, and so like I had met her at the church, um, and then, you know, we, we were friends for a few years and she, um, I long story short, I, you know, expressed interest and she said, you know, to be with me, right. Like I don't play about church. Like you need to be here paying tithes, serving in ministry. Like you need to be all the way in. And I mean, Charmaine bad. And I was like, I don't know if I'm going to get no better. Be, you know what I'm going to go ahead and make this Jesus thing work. You know what I'm saying? Like, if that's what she got to, if that's what I got to do to be with you, that's what we going to do. You know what I'm saying? All right, cool. Yeah. Um, and uh, he snuck me. Right. Um, so I started serving in ministry, serving in ministry real heavy. Um, and uh, I that's where I ran into the book, um, Jesus and the Disinherited. My my pastor at the time, uh, Pastor Ari, Ari Vernon, would say Howard Thurman's name from the stage a lot, right? As one of his uh, uh, homiletical heroes, right? Um, and it's uh, like as a theologian that we should know. And like you know, I know the, uh, the Word Church is a really big church, right? And so like he'll throw stuff up on a screen um, around like books and like uh, authors and stuff like that and I don't think anybody ever reads it right and so like because of the title of the book Jesus and the Disinherited I'm like yo I gotta I gotta pick that joint up so after I read it like I said everything kind of came together and I'm serving in ministry um, and you know a lot of things happen like we could go into a long litany of like how I got there um, But, like, the crucial point for me is when my sister died, right? Um, I was married. Me and my wife had just gotten married uh, maybe a year or two before she passed. Um, Yeah, two years, actually, because uh, Jada passed in 2016. Um, And uh, I'm a big brother, right? Like, what I do is all I really know how to do everything that i do in my life comes from my training as a big brother and so like to lose my baby sister Tarf, right um uh she committed suicide and you know how people say like um they kind of give you conflicting information about it on one hand they say there was nothing you could do about it right on the other hand they say um suicide is preventable right and so like it's taking me a while to see how both of these things can be true right mm-hmm. um, and so for me like in that space I wasn't I wasn't doing well and so um, around the time we're planning her her funeral um, I made a deal with God right <laughs> and I know that, that sounds like really really like cliche um, but it, it's absolutely what happened. I, I made a deal with God because I needed to know, what happened in the room, um, and was she okay? Did you take care of her? Right? Wow. Um, and I believe that God revealed to me what happened in that room. I know that sounds like really deep and spooky, right? But I believe that he revealed to me what, what happened in that room. And I told him from then forth, like you got me, whatever you asked me to do, whatever. If You say do it, I'm gonna do it, you got me you, you took care of her when I couldn't, so I will do what whatever you ask, and so, like, that's been my motto since then, um, and, like, if you ask me to do something, like, I'm just kind of rolling, like, um, and it's not, it's not that, like, I like it, and, like, I live my life perfectly, um, there are some times that, like, God says something, um, that I don't like and don't want to do, right, um, and so I, but I have to, right, like, um there was maybe a six seven month stretch after that where i liken it to your parents telling you to take out the garbage but you don't want to take out the garbage right um and so like you mumbling under your breath you're not really communicating with your parents right um you saying some little slick stuff but you're still taking out the garbage right and so that's that's what my relationship was like with god at that time where like i'm just he asked me to do it. We're not communicating. I'm not praying on a day-to-day basis. Like I'm not reading the word. I'll go to church sometimes. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm not, but I can hear him say something and give this person that, that tell this person this, you know what I mean? Like whether whatever it was, right? Like move here, do that. I'm doing it. I'm not happy about it. Um, because at that point, like I didn't really want to live, right? Like, so it was a it was a real Paul situation. You remember, in um, I forget what book it's in, but he talks about how um, he he would be fine to die today, but he's mm-hmm. here for your game, right? Yeah. Like, it's not a suicidal thing, but like I'm done here, right? Like I I feel like I'm done, um, yeah. And so, like, I wasn't really enjoying life. It was um, it was a rough time for my marriage um, as well. Um, I shared this in Bible study last night, like, um, it was a place in my life where uh, I chose death, right? It wasn't me being deep and spooky and being like super holy that like, you know, I chose life because I knew that the Lord was going to bring me through. No, I didn't know that the Lord was going to bring me through. Um, I wasn't sure that I wanted him to even in that, right? Um, mm-hmm. and so like, I was looking for ways to like blow up my life, even though I'm doing what he's told me to do. I'm looking for ways to end it. Right. Yeah. So uh, let's, let's, let's pause right here real quick. Let's, let's stay right there. Yeah. I'm sorry. So, I threw a lot at you. Like, no, 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 You're question. good. You're good. You're good. So, you know how a lot of pastors now over the last year, two years, we hear like a, t- a pastor has been like tired and exhausted to the point where they have committed suicide. Uh-huh. And it's like, yo, like, I'm done. So speak to, speak to a pastor like right there in that vein as to like, how do they stay balanced? How do they stay like in that good headspace, even though their life may not be good like their sheeps or their congregants are just like crazy finances may not be right like speak to that pastor right now that's like encourage them do something yeah um stop just just stop right um one of the biggest things you can do for yourself in this very moment um is to stop with your god complex right um And, like, I I know that, like, you know, in this space, like, you want to be more warm and fuzzy. What I have found is that, like, uh, when you're in your darkest moment, you need truth more than anything. Mm -hmm. And really where um, the frustration comes from, as I've found, is that, like, you start trying to do God's stuff without God's power because you feel responsible for people, right? Wow. We are not not responsible um, for saving folk. Jesus do that. He said in his word, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. Right. Like this. This is not your show. Right. Um, You have to free yourself from that because that's tough, especially um, as as a man um, or or as a woman. Right. Um, In these spots where you are told it is your job to protect. It is your job to provide. It is your job to make sure that everybody is okay. And like, then you start, the enemy start talking to you. Well, well why ain't nobody taking care of you, right? Mm-hmm. Right, like you start that 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 narrative comes and it comes. And what you need to do is stop and remember why you got into this in the first place, right? Whether that be because God convicted you, whether that be your love for people, like there was a reason that God pulled you into this and it wasn't all doom and gloom because he can't woo you with doom and gloom. Right. Right. Um, and so like, I, I encourage you to like reevaluate and remember and have some honest conversations with the people around you. Right. Uh, because no man can do this alone and to set yourself up as the high priest is a mistake. Right. You are not the high priest. We have one. Right. And so you need Jesus just as bad as your congregants do. And they need to know that. Um, and so it takes a lot of pressure off of you. It allows you to like sit back and like drink some water. You know what I'm saying? Like drink some water, read your Bible, you know, like that kind of thing. And I'm not suggesting that that's easy, right? That's easier said than done because money, money complicates things. Right. Um, the marriage may not be going the way that you want it to you might be in your singleness trying to find your find your spouse right like there's kids there's a whole lot of other things that complicate life but they will always be that way the question is are you willing to change your mind about it right um or are we going to die here like that's that's the that's the conversation that we have that right like and i don't know how any other way to tend to give it to you straight and I'm, I'm praying that like Holy Spirit is revealing to you right now that I mean no ill intent and that I am not trying to be um, holier than thou. I'm just telling you from experience that like the surrender is just as much for your congregants as it is for you. The surrender is, is what you are called to do. If, it, if there is anything that you are called to do, it is to walk out this thing as close to how the Bible is telling you to do it as possible which means that you have to surrender more. Right? Um, You have to be okay with understanding that you may be the lowest of the low. Yeah. Like redefining your definition of success. And we could go into that, and that's a one-on-one conversation. Like by all means reach out to me and you'll you'll see it on Facebook. Like I have no problem with just like having this conversation with you. Um, But it's it's rough. I'm not gonna suggest that it isn't. But I believe that the Holy Spirit, I believe Jesus when he said that the Holy Spirit was a comforter. um, And I've experienced it for myself. And so if that is the case, and last but not least, right, um, get a therapist. I see a therapist uh, once every, like twice a month now. I used to go every week. Get a therapist. Like you need somebody to talk to that's trained on how to make sure that you coming to these, uh, coming to these conclusions for yourself well. Because Jesus, Jesus is amazing. And I'm not saying that Jesus isn't enough, but your counselor can do wonders in how you see the world. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I appreciate that, that one right there. Because it's too much, it's just too much, especially like, it ain't gotta be race, none of that like it's just nah. way too many It's nah. way too many passes out here that's just like the enemy want to kill us all yeah if he can use if he can use us to do it all the better for him man yeah so i, I hope they reach out y'all reach out so um, you you mentioned like when you were in that that dark space and you kinda alluded to this yesterday in um in Bible study that you had a community of people that were around you that encouraged you, even when you didn't want to be, um, and that kind of gave you like some hard truths. Um, like how many people in your life did you have that were like feeding you that type of information? I mean more than I than I'm pretty sure i was aware of right um because prayers are a real thing too right and i know that there were people praying for me um i know that there were two people in particular that i leaned on during that time um my wife who if it was not for her i would not still be married right um during that time i said some things that like you shouldn't say um you know i mean like Maybe it wasn't like super disrespectful, but there's, there's some bells that you don't ring. Um, but she, because of her relationship with the father, she didn't let it die, right? Um, and she loved me through it and helped me get through it and talked to people on my behalf to try to give me the help that I needed. Um, and uh, my brother, um, my brother Dave, like was probably like the, where I get a lot of like my idea of like the hard truth um in in the midst of like, yeah, you know Dave, like um in the midst of your pain, you still need to hear some truth. And like this is biblical, right? Um, if you think about Joshua, right? Like, uh God was like, Okay, like, yeah, you crying, you said my servant is dead. I mean, I get that, but we still got work to do, so uh let's roll out. And it it didn't in the scripture, the tone of it, right? from the way I've read it, and I, you know, little old me, just be reading the Bible. It didn't seem like he cared much about his feelings, right? Mm -hmm. And it's not to suggest that Jesus, I mean, not to suggest that uh, God the Father, and that's important for like teachers, right? Like, don't, don't move the dispensations, right? Like, Jesus wasn't talking to (laughs) to Joshua. Um, God was, God the Father, Yahweh was, not Yeshua. But that's a Complete aside. <laughs> Complete aside. Um, so, Yahweh, did, it's not that Yahweh does not care about your feelings. I believe that he cares more about your purpose, right? And he understands that if you are in your purpose, then liberty comes, right? Healing comes because when you're doing what you need to be doing for God, his power shows up and his power cannot be in broken places. He builds those spots. That's what he does. Um, and so my my friend is is one of those ones who and like like I said, there was tons of other people like, you know, Darius and Maria and um, just name it like uh, family, friends like and I appreciate all of them, um, which is why I try not to get so high on myself about being where I am, because I know I chose death. Right. And so like where I am right now, starting a church, talking to these people, people listening to what I have to say has very little to do with my intellect, with my prowess or um, my my gifting. It has very little to do with that and more to do with the fact that, like, God saw fit to put a community around me that wouldn't let me die. Right. right, Yeah, I, I think this is this is just my truth. Um. I think a lot of the things that we we may go through or that we might go through or experience in life, it's kind of called and tied to our purpose. Yeah. The the most difficult thing that you struggle with or that you had a hardship with, it's called and tied to your purpose. Yeah. Because if if you never experience that how can you minister to the people that God has called you to? And you can't share the same experience. It may not be the same light experience, Mm -hmm. but you've been through some type of hurt. You've been through some type of neglect. You've been through some type of like, yo God, I I, I don't want to be here no more. Yeah. So now that that kind of gives you the compassion with tied up into the purpose and and it's crazy like how you're talking about focus. You're talking about Dave. Like on Tuesday I had like uh, a conversation with my old roommate Paige out of the weirdest places. Bro, we were at Sheets at the gas station. I was about to leave. He just came in and we just sat. When I sat we just stood there and just talked for like a whole hour. And one of the things that he had mentioned and I think I shared this with you yesterday is that if your focus is not with God, then you can't get purpose fulfilled, uh, right? And uh-huh. and when I had saw the illustration that I saw, it's like when you go to the eye doctor and they tell you to do like the eye exam, like you cover one eye and you're looking at like those letters in a dark room, but you see yeah. this big white thing. Uh-huh. You see out of one eye, you see the letter E in big letters. And then they got the second letter, second row of le- uh, letters. Uh-huh. And then you go down, and then you're kind of like squinting to see what it is that it's saying. What my illustration was like: God is saying, like you see what you see with your own eyes when things are big and lovely. Uh-huh. But when things get a little bit hard, and you're squinting, you can't really move in your own vision, right? Uh-huh. So He said it becomes low. It's low, and so the only reason why you can't see that is because you haven't yielded to me. You haven't, bruh. Like we, ha- if we, if we don't pray to see God's vision for our lives, we're just gonna be looking at the big bold letters and oh, everything is beautiful. Yeah, and yeah, I so mean, like that's what we've been doing, right? Um, yeah, as the as the body of Christ, we got to a place where we thought we had win won some battles. Right. And to be fair, there are some battles that have been won by the church. Right. Um, mm-hmm. the, the problem is you don't realize um, how many more battles there are. Right? This is a constant war between life and death. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and for, for you to like give up the fight um, because you're comfortable now is a problem. Right. Uh, and so you being comfortable can be the enemy of your purpose. Yeah. Right? Um, Damn. man. I mean, Jesus, we don't see, there are very few uh, biblical heroes or heroines that you see that lived a comfortable life, right? (laughs) By all accounts, the people who God chose to do things were very uncomfortable in their life, right? Um, you name them, and it wasn't like a a space where sacrifice wasn't required, um, yeah. or like moments in their life. Like, and I'm I'm not suggesting that like there won't be moments in your life where you are comfortable. That's that is, that is definitely true. There are moments for rest, right? There are, there are moments where like he's cooperating, and like you need to you need to be close to him. What I'm saying is if. Your if your entire life is about the seeking of you being comfortable, then you're missing the point. Right? Um, Yeah, yeah. He said, "I have come that you may have life, and have more abundant." We talked about that. So listen, listen, yes, listen. We talked about this um, not not last night, but the week uh, the week before, because it's one of the favorite verses of uh, Prosperity Gospel Ministries, right? He came that I might have life and have it more abundantly. The, the question about that, right? And this is not without. This is without doing any like real word study. Don't dive into Greek. Like have co- uh, context. This is just reading the sentence, right? Mm. When he says that I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. The question is, what do you define as life? Right. So like, if your life is based on your creature comforts, then you will be looking for God to make your creature comforts more abundant, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't see that anywhere in scripture, right? Like, I don't see that that's what He's talking about, especially not in that particular one. Um, Or how we say that, like, you know, uh, the the windows of heaven are gonna open and pour you out a blessing, right? Immediately, you're thinking about creature comforts. Right when blessings are really about the things that are going to help you move forward in your purpose, mm-hmm. and so like there are things that you have that like God didn't say that you could have, and He really isn't upset that you have it, but that's not necessarily a blessing, right? Like it's we can this, this is not what we're talking about today but we can have that <laughs> conversation, right? We can have that conversation. I've been I've been dealing with that in my my little my little head uh, around like what god means when he's talking about the abundant life what does he mean when he says blessing right like um what are we looking for um when we're looking for blessings right like um what part of my life should be comfortable is there a part of my life that should be comfortable right if i'm living this thing out the way that i need to be living it out um and i think that these are some critical questions that we need to ask ourselves especially um in this day and age where like everybody wants to keep up with the joneses so yeah I'll say to see you. I've never, in the few conversations that we've had, I don't think I've said to see you publicly, um, but you are going to be one of those individuals that will be like the critical thinkers. Um, And you already know that when it comes to anything and everything, when it comes to the Bible. Um, And a lot of people are going to be like, well, I'm good on that and like fall back because um, when we come to church, we don't want to be challenged in our thought process. We want to come to the point where we are just like, Oh, yes, God, I thank you for all of this, everything. But you're gonna be one of those critical thinkers um preaching the gospel that will help those individuals to be set free. And thank and God. it is and and it's going to be those individuals that are that's in the church and not associated with the church right yeah. so both so those individuals that are within the church they're like oh yeah I've been going to church for 20 years and, and don't the really way that they hear, Sunday. right 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 and then the way that they hear the gospel from you yeah. is that like they it's been broken like okay now I get like Jesus is he came for me the comforter is is real yeah like yeah and like i have access to it that's the thing like that's the a lot that's the the thing that's the the thing thing. right like it's the death like if the death did nothing else it gave you access that's the thing like you had no access to god's power right and i I said this the other night and i'm gonna i'm gonna because i need to turn on this light it's getting dark over here Um, (laughs) but but like i said this the other night it, it was just like Um, when you are trying to do God's work without God's power, right? Like you're trying to do the work of the Lord without his power, you are going to burn out. You will be okay for a little while, right? Because he's created you to do this work. So there's a little bit in the tank for you to get going. But it is not something that you can sustain over the long haul. So like if you were taking care of your family in your own strength, I I can almost bet that you are frustrated and like dealing with anxiety. Like there's a whole bunch of stuff because you're doing it in your own strength. And it's definitely God's work, right? To love someone and to love people is God's work, right? What is, mm-hmm. what did he say his um his commandment was? Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Right. Yeah. Um, and so like, these is This is part of God's work, but if you are trying to do that in your own strength, you will fail every time right? yes sir me say that though. i I hear you, I hear you and i'm I'm praying that, like if that's what God wants from me then then yes and amen. Um, I am learning yeah. that there's definitely a difference between a preacher and a pastor um, because like to pastor people. You also have to deal with like um, their wounds, right? And some of that is not about critical thinking. I need to deal with your heart. Um, and so like as much as I like to do the critical thinking where, where I'm being challenged right now is that like I know I've been called to be a pastor and pastors um, like shepherds mend wounds. Right. Um, they're not just directing the path, but like when that broken leg happens, sometimes you have to pick that sheep up and put them on, a, on your neck while that wound is healing. Right. And so that 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 particular sheep can't walk on its own. You know what I mean? And so like being a preacher. You're coming in and you're saying, thus say of the Lord. Right. Yeah. And you're not necessarily concerned with how that lands and how they walk that out. And that's not a bad thing. Like, I really think that, like, there are some people who have, been, who have been called and they have a gifting to come in and, like, really encourage you. You know what I mean? Like, and really teach you something. And, like, God has given them a specific word for the house. Like, and that is that is absolutely necessary. But then there are others of us who have to do that and yes, take care of the people, right? Um, yeah. Take care of God's people. And that is difficult work. That is why, like, what we talk about um what we talked about with the the pastors earlier, right? Like that is why it's so necessary for you to be honest with the people who are around you, for you to have those therapists in place, for you to have a space where you can go and just be you, right? Where you don't have to be pastor such and such or reverend such and such, right? Where you could just go be Marcus and you can just go be Dylan. And there's people who are not expecting you to be on, right? Um, Because you need those reliefs because you are not God. Yeah. I I don't think I've thought about breaking those two down in that type of aspect, the way that you just did it. You know, you hear like, oh, yeah, I'm a pastor. Oh, you've been called to be a pastor? Like, no, I don't want to be that. There are some pastors, right, who are phenomenal pastors, and they are terrible preachers, Mm -hmm. Right. You know what I'm saying? And, it, and that is okay because, like, you don't need to be a, a dynamic preacher. But you do need to take care of these people, right? Yeah. That's good. That's good. I really think that my wife is the preacher. Like, really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But Charmaine, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. She is the preacher, bro. Like, once she starts to get into like what she so she um really like gets an opportunity to get into it, um, the way that she sees the word and like the way that she can present it, the cadence of her voice, like she's also a she's also a poet. And so, like the way she gets into it, she can sing. She might even give you a hoop or two. Like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's the that's the preacher. I just I just happen to be teaching and married to a dynamite. You know what I'm saying? Like that's that's all I did, right? Like yeah, I married the right yeah. woman. That's all I did. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and 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 you know what, bro? I'll, I'll I'll tell you this. Like my last podcast that I did, mm-hmm. I, I talked about boys to men, mm-hmm. like how. Men or how boys become like in that single stage and their young adolescent stage, they love to go ahead and do young stuff, boy stuff. Yeah. But when you become a man, you like, yo, I gotta put away all of this stuff. I gotta mature. I gotta like not smash all these women and be tempted by all of these women. Now I gotta get my mind right, my mentality right, I gotta marry myself you know the right woman that's for me that's going to help me build what I need to build Mm -hmm. so with you being young with you being an activist you being in the community you being a black male you being a pastor like how do you balance all of these things and how do you tie in your marriage with everything that you're doing um my marriage is my first ministry period um so everything else um and this is this is me and like i don't know um how other people do it right um but for me i've always just wanted to be um a good father and a good husband right like that's that's what i want out of life um Mm -hmm. and so once i became a husband everything branches off of that right like the activism don't mean nothing. Like the, the preaching, the ministry stuff, it don't, that's all, that's all icing. Right. My first job is to be Charmaine's husband. And the times where I forget that, or the times where I try to make it my job to make sure she's being a good wife. Um, that's when we get in trouble that's when I get in trouble. That's when I get frustrated. Right. Um, it's not my job to make sure she's a good wife. It's just my job to make sure I'm a good husband. Right. And a good husband for Charmaine in particular. Um, and so like the other stuff is the other stuff. And like, like I said, there's a, there's a Liberty in the gospel, right? Like you, what you're, what you're not, what you're not called to do is to be the Christ for everyone. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, marriage is about showing the love that Christ has for the church. Right. And that is involving, um, the sacrifice that, that it takes that every believer should be doing. Right. But being that intentionally for that one person, you don't really have the energy to do it for anyone else. Right. Like you, you definitely sacrifice for your brother, like was a better friend and to lay down your life for your brother. Like that's, that's absolutely true. Um, and we can talk about scripturally where, what, what, what he was actually saying there that he mean that like, we needed to give up our lives for our brothers. Like, or was he talking about just his journey for what he was going to do? Was he setting a standard? Again, that's not what we're talking about. (laughs) What, what you, what you asked though, um, is how I balance it all. Um, and not perfectly, right. Um, not at all. My, I joke with Charmaine that like, I'm not actually a functioning adult. She's the functioning adult. Um, she just went out of town for 10 days. And so I came to Atlanta to, to make sure that I can eat because like, (laughs) (laughs) I don't, I don't do much for myself. And this is not like a, this is not like a macho. Um, my wife does the cooking and the cleaning and stuff like that. No, 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 no. She just happens to be good at some of those things. I'm good at other things that I take care of. Right. Like, but, I know and I don't I don't try to become like um this like overlord of sorts, right? Like I'm I'm not great at the whole feeding myself thing. She feeds me better food than I would feed myself. And so like she's out of town. It's like, oh maybe it's time to visit my mom and my grandmother. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like um, and because like, you know, I'm not I'm not necessarily a functioning adult and I don't take myself that seriously. Um, and you know, what I mean, I try to, I try to support Charmaine as much as, as much as I can. Um, and we communicate, and we go to therapy. Um, uh, and you know, I mean, we have, um, we have accountabilities. Like, if I flew off the handle, right, there's somebody that Charmaine could call to check me. You see what I'm saying? Like, we don't, we don't think that we were supposed to be married, and it's just us no your marriage is about your community and really i would argue that your marriage is really only as strong as your community and how uh how much you're connected to god so like yeah it's real i don't have like you know super deep answer about that like i'm you know not necessarily doing it super well well I, as i i've grown to know you don't do super in deep <laughs> You know, you might you might do one thing super and then you might do one thing deep what is critical be like not doing you it. know, but like not not together, you know, like look, we gonna do the super over here, yeah. You, you know, you can put your super on our natural and then you know, we're gonna swim, we're gonna dive deep into it. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, I get that. Um one one more thing. So with your church, like what is it that you have coming up? Um, what do you see um in the near future? Um, and like kind of give us like your, your purpose and your mission. Um, purpose community church, uh, our model and our mission statement is that we're kingdom minded and community focused. Um, we grab our, our, uh, our mission from the mission that, that Jesus had, right? Uh, Luke four eighteen, where he came to, to free the captive, um, give sight to the blind, uh, let the oppressed go free, um uh take care of the poor and like declare the year of our Lord right um and so like that's I believe that like in that scripture we see first that he is community minded when he stands up and says the spirit of the Lord is upon me right that is my kingdom mind um and then everything after that is being focused on my community right um and whatever that means and so like that's what we do we feel called to the people, who are, um, who feel like who walked away from the church um, and some who feel like they were pushed because there's many of us um, who were pushed away from the church, right? Um, And so we wanna be a space where we can come back together and like think critically about the scripture, right? Um, What does it mean for my life? Um, And be a space where you can get that healing and get back into the work of the Lord, not necessarily into a church body. I'm not necessarily concerned about that, but you do need a community, right? Um, And I understand that like church and community are pretty much the same thing. Because I feel like you have a lot of like pastors who watch this. And so, like, this is why I deviate just a bit to make sure that they know that I know what I'm talking about and that, like, I'm not, like, just using words. No, no, no. I get it. Like, the church is the body of people, you know what I'm saying? Like, most people, when they hear church, they think of a building, and I don't want people to have to go back to that, right? Um, Yeah. You need a community around them. (laughs) So, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's – I mean, that's what we do. And Right now, like, I'm in my process of ordination, right? Um, I – was released from my church to go um, study under a wonderful man of God. Um, His name is uh, Bishop Kenny Parramore out in Barberton. He has a church in Barberton and there's one in uh, Youngstown. He is phenomenal. He's a phenomenal teacher. Like the man teaches six days a week and I don't, it just feels like it flows out of him. You know what I mean? Like if there's a person I aspire to be like, it is bishop kenny paramore um because the, the man can preach a house down but like the the preaching ain't the good part right it is the it is the teaching and the way that he has moved through that so like i'm in my process of ordination, we're looking um at that being done in the next six seven months probably um to to come to officially launch um the church right now we do bible studies every thursday um, you can join us on Zoom or you can come to Cleveland. Uh, we rent space in a tech hive uh, because, you know, we didn't want to be super traditional. We wanted people to feel welcome in our space. So we we did a co-working space <laughs> instead of like running out of church. Um, yeah, they offer food too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can get some vittles, um, uh, it'll be great. And so the what do I see right now? Like we're just, just doing the Bible study because like we're building our team, right? Um, there are so many people uh who are um looking for this. There's a there's a shift in the atmosphere and they're looking for a place where they can serve, uh, looking for a place where they can grow their gifts, right? And I wanna be that place. Um and we're building that team and some people will be right for the team and some people won't. Do you know what I'm saying? And that doesn't mean that's not good or bad, right? Like like everybody wasn't supposed to walk with Jesus, right? Like And that doesn't mean that, doesn't mean that they were bad people and like, I'm not Jesus. Right. Uh, so like I have my quirks. Um, our ministry has our quirks. It's a ministry full of people. You know what I'm saying? But right now we're building our chain to try to see who's supposed to walk with us on this. And what is God saying about what it's going to look like? Like I could tell you what I want it to look like, but I have learned that like just because I want it to look that way doesn't mean that that's what God wants. Um, uh in my experience it has been people who come together uh with me to to kind of formulate what god is what god is trying to do. Yeah. All right man I I'm excited. Amen. You know as like what what God is about to do. Um you know we always hear that like very cliche ish. I'm super excited to see what the Lord is about to do. Right. But but no like <sighs> The journey has not been easy. That's a but fact. The in, but the end result will be well worth it. That's a fact. That's a fact. You know? So, I, um, yeah. Like, what, what's happening right now is, because when, when you reach out to me, you're like, bruh. We ain't talked in a long time. <laughs> and, uh, I feel but I like been following you, bro. Like I've been following the the morning motivations. Like I've seen a couple of your interviews. I knew that like you yeah. still had the faith, and if I remember correctly, we kind of saw the faith a little similar. Um, yeah, you know, that you weren't tied into this box, and so like, yeah, man, gotta reach out. Yes, sir. So well, it's most definitely, man. right, like, but I'm still yet praying. Just, just know that. Uh, I'll talk to well, you off what, of recording. Yeah, off off, off of the, the recording. Yeah, yeah. yeah. amen. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> but uh, I really do appreciate you um, just even asking to be on. Cause it was a minute. Like I I, I didn't even know if I wanted to continue to do these, but I know I gotta. I have to. I mean, you know, but you put out a call. Like you made a whole thing. But like I, I know, like so I know, I know, I, I know, I know, I know, I know, and that's why I said it got to be the community, right? It got to be the community. So yeah, and people that hold you accountable for what you, what you put out, what you put out there. Yeah, you know yeah, yeah, saying. for sure. So like I, haven't recorded. I recorded a video today on lunch. That I didn't upload yet. It's like one of my my shortest videos that I will put up. Oh, okay. It's talking about what we're it's it's talking about what we <laughs> like the premise of community, like right? but it's like one of my shortest videos ever. Amen. Like I think I got 30, 45 seconds on that. Shoot, sure, do that thing. You can even put that on IG, you good. I, do, I know, you know, but we did. But more than likely, man, uh, working together, like I greatly appreciate it. Cool. All right. All right. Oh, give the people your, uh, your IG information, either yours or your churches. Okay. Um, you can follow me at dialing L sellers. That's D Y L A N, uh, letter L sellers. Um, and that's on everything. IG, Twitter, uh, Facebook, and also the churches, um, pcc21 or purpose 216 on ig purpose 216 on ig um and if you want to email us it's a a purpose community 216 at gmail.com hit them up follow them we got some great stuff that's about to happen yes sir all right all right